Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, let's get to Albert Breer right now. Uh, and Albert Kaepernick's the first uh, order of business. Um, what do you? What's your take on this whole thing? Yeah, I, I think you know whatever you thought uh, three or four days ago is probably. I thought it was a thing. scam. The whole yeah. I thought it was a farce, and yeah. I think now today it was a, one side trying to scam the other side more than the other side was trying yep. to scam the other side. You know. Yeah, yeah, and, and look, I mean, like I, I can tell you what the you know the guy, the teams that were there think, and you know, it's the arm strength still there, his accuracy scatter shot, his touch is inconsistent. Um, which has always been the book on him his whole life. It's exactly what he, I mean, he, the guy was through 97 miles an hour as a pitcher. He had a strong arm. He was never an accurate arm and he could run when he was younger. He's the exact same thing. He was, you know what I mean? Like, and that's the thing is like, so he's physically the same guy. Um, and then, you know, like, I think the other part of it is if you went into this whole thing thinking, okay, is he really serious about playing football? Um, and, you wondered if he was going to be any sort of distraction or bring anything with him um, extra. Um, you walk away from Saturday still having that concern, right? Like that, that Absolutely. Because that's away, his motivation. Someone. That is right. his motivation. Right. And so that's the whole thing is like – Well, tell me were, this, Albert. Maybe you have a better yeah. read on this than me. I, unless it was part of a grievance settlement, why would the NFL even get involved in this in November? Because the NFL – I think there are people at 345 Park who want him on a roster – because if he's on a roster, this goes away. I'm not saying it's everybody. So they want to. They they I mean, still are. Afi- they're still afraid of hit the repercussions just, of him. It's it's just. I mean, for for certain people there, it has been a three year ordeal. And if he's on a roster, it's a it's much less of a problem um, than it but was. But November you know? wasn't the time to get him on a roster. Right, and I think that there's pieces of this that are, you know, there's the emergence of the Ravens and the fact that Greg Roman's there and he was Collins' uh, OC in San Francisco. And, um, you know, I think that there's, you know, the diversification of offenses in the NFL that creates opportunities for different kinds of quarterbacks. So there's all sorts of factors, I think, in play. I think the other thing here, one of the reasons you do it in November is because this gives him a chance. This this gives him a chance to kind of put something on tape if anybody wants to sign him now. But it also, you know, creates some information for some teams that might be looking forward towards 2020 as well. And so at least you've got that in the books now. Again, like I, I I really feel this way, Mike. And 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 I can't tell you exactly why the time timing was in November. I can tell you some of the benefits to it. Um, you know, what I would say is I, I do believe, and I don't believe, I know that there are people at 345 Park that want him on a roster because, again, it'll, it'll take a problem that's been a three-year problem for him and really take a lot of the weight out of it. And so, um, you know, I can't speak for each individual owner. I know that it's a non-starter for some owners. Um, yeah, I know some owners, um, you know, actually, you know, look at what he's done and think he's done some good, you know, and so... Um, there are two sides to that too. I, I would just tell you that I think there are some people at the league office that would like to see him on a roster, and we're hoping that 
this was sort of a pathway to the end. And 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 I, I think the other well, most people have to now feel that they got used because right. all he did was create a worse situation. Yeah. Now I, they couldn't I, even agree to a, they couldn't even agree to a workout. And I do think part of this too was manufacturing a put up or shut up moment to try to shift the narrative. You know what I mean? Like okay, like you say you've done all this, you said you want to play. We're going to create an opportunity for you to come out and interview with the teams and, and go in front of 25 teams, like put up or shut up. Like here it is. We're, we're, we're providing everything for you. I think they wanted to sort of manufacture Well, do they that. think he played into their hands on Saturday? I, I mean, to some degree he did, right? Because like, he think, cause their, their people think the NFL played into his hands. I don't yeah. think that. I don't get that. I, I really don't I, get I, that. I, I mean, I don't think like, like – honestly, Mike, um, you know – if he if he wanted a job, like and let's just like, that's not the are, way to go about it. You know, there, there are there are there are a lot of teams out there that look at this and say if the guy really wanted a job, he would have gone to Flowery Branch and thrown for all of those teams. Absolutely, and and and, and what and, and it would have been a very quiet thing. It could have been a very quiet thing. He could have been in and out of town, and it would have been over with. And like, and I think that there's that feeling that if he had done that, a lot of teams would have said okay. And I'm not even talking about the league office or the waiver or anything like that right now. I think there is a feeling that if he had done that, there would be teams that would have said, okay, like this is a guy who's serious about wanting a job and coming in here and he's, you know, quietly coming in. There's not any noise. Um, the purpose of this is to get a job and he's coming in here and he's seeking employment with one of the teams that are here. Um, the fact that that didn't happen, I think, you know, reopens a lot of the same questions, which is a, does he really want to play? And B is he, going to be like any is he going to bring anything extra with him to whatever team he's on and you know the latest works mike right so if you're like a top five player on someone's roster teams are willing to put up with almost anything you know teams are willing to put up with a lot anything if you're the the 15th guy in the roster eh, you can bring a little extra with you but you know not too much and then if you're a backup i mean the bottom line is in the nfl and it's going to sound harsh but if you're a backup, they want you to blend in with the furniture. Hey, <laughs> you know if you I mean? don't, if you hey, the bottom line is, if you when you're an extra, you can be made example of at any moment. You know yeah. that you could do something wrong, you're thrown off the team just to show the other guys you better stay in line. You're disposable. If you're a star, you're not disposable. That's the bottom line. It's always it's like that in life. It's like that in any it's sport. It's like that in a lot of industries. In yeah, any industry, absolutely. Talent, if you're talent yeah. afford- that's Count it. Affords you liberty, is that nobody, it is. nobody coaches every player. You'll never get an, a coach who says he coaches every player the same. He can't. And, and there's right. no way. There's no. And, but here's the thing: both sides came away. Here's why the NFL has to be either ticked or said, "I told you so." Because both sides came away and said, "See, we proved our point." And the bottom yeah. line is, the Kaepernick apologists went out there and said, "See, we exposed the NFL." No, you didn't. Kaepernick wouldn't sign the waiver. Number one and number two, he wanted to turn it into a publicity stunt, and he really yeah. didn't. And that's what he that was his plan from the beginning. So he has the thing, and then you find out he had the place set up the whole time. So he had the thing set up because he had it had security people there. He had uh, all kinds of stuff set up there already. They had picked the school because it was a black physician, right, who had had uh, been yeah. a hero in World War Two. So it was all set up with a message from the beginning. So they he was there to scam the league. And I think the league was there to scam him from the beginning. Yeah, unfortunately, I think by the time we got to Saturday, it was never going to be about what it was supposed to be about in the first place, right? Like, yep. it was never going to be about, which it just shows that this know. issue is never going to be rectified. No, That's what it comes down and, to. And, and again, like I think the big thing is my big takeaway is 
whatever you thought on, say, last, like a week ago today, right before the yep. the, the word of the world started even start. Yep. Whatever you thought a week ago today, nothing that's happened in the last seven days changed your mind. Whatsoever. No, it's even been reinforced. Right. 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 I mean, it's just, it's 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 like. <laughs> In a way, in a, in a weird way, it's sort of a microcosm of what's going on in the country. You know what I mean? Like yes, it, absolutely. So you go and you go and basically you don't. You both get there, and then you try to embarrass the other side, and, and that's right. exactly what went on. And the idea that I have to have fans there. You know, he wants to show that he is still the people's champion. Okay, and the big bad NFL didn't do it right. And I think, listen, I think the NFL was dumb to even do it in the first place. I don't know whose idea it was, but I don't get it. Because what are they running from? They settled the grievance with them. So I always thought this had to be part of the settlement because otherwise they already settled the grievance with them. What are they worried about? Yeah, yeah. And like I said, like I do think that there are some people at the league office that would that, that, that want them on a roster, like I said, because that would sort of close the book on it. But I, you know, I, I do think that, and, and I think those, some of those same people now, like a few days after all this went down, are now questioning whether or not that's what he really wants. No, I think he doesn't. I think he got what he wanted. I think he wants to get the NFL still on the run, where he thinks he's got them now, where he can file another grievance against them, mm-hmm. and and also he wants to prove that you know he is still being treated badly by this league and being kept out with all this talent. And you know what? It's not true. It really isn't. You know, we all know if he could change a team, he'd be in there right now. Okay, he's not. Yeah. He's not that kind of talent. Well, he's, a, he's mean, not. He's, he yeah. should be. On, he's good enough to be on a roster, but he's not good enough to make he a is. difference. And that's the mistake that people make. It's like, well, who he was in 2012 and 2013? That guy isn't there anymore. I mean, in, from 2014 to 2016, he was okay, but he wasn't great. And there was a reason why that you know organization destabilized. It wasn't just him. There were a lot of different factors. Harbaugh leaving and everything else. Yep. Um, you know, but you know, it, it, it certainly he wasn't the same player his last three years in San Francisco that he was his first three years in San Francisco. And um, you know, I think that there's there, there's absolutely uh, you know you you can't look at this and just say okay, like well, if you bring him back in, you, you can't look at it like like listing the top sixty four quarterbacks on the planet and saying all those guys get jobs. Because the standards change from position to position, and you know you get further down the list, and again, it's like what teams are willing to take on with a guy who is going to be the 30th guy or the 35th guy in the roster is way different than what they're willing to deal with for a guy who's the first or the fifth or the tenth best player in the roster. It's just it's the way it works, and like you said, I mean, it's the way it works in a lot of different industries. Uh, do you think there's anything Garrett can do in his hearing Wednesday to in any way get the NFL from really mm. leveling the biggest suspension in league history? Yeah, I, I do think that the, you know, the pathway here is probably going to come in the language of the CBA and whether or not the league um, has the leeway within the bounds of the CBA to levy a um, an indefinite suspension on a player for on-field conduct, um, and a guy who doesn't have like the sort of Vontez perfect history um, in, in in this case, and so my 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 feeling would be that this is going to be more about um, kind of all players and what the league can do to any player um, versus what actually happened in this case. It's very cut and dry. I mean, we all saw it on TV. We know what happened. 
Um, so, you know, I, I think the, the, the bigger piece of this, you know, and there will be arguments about what set him off and everything else, but I think the biggest piece of this and, and is going to be and it was always going to be about, you know, what sort of leeway the league has to levy that sort of punishment on a player. We'll see whether it works well, how or long not. Do you think, what do you think? I, I, I thought a fair punishment would be six games this year. They're not going to the yeah. playoffs anyway, and then ten games next year. I'd give him sixteen games. I, I I would give him a year, which would cost him about five million dollars. I'm not going after his signing bonus. I'm going yeah. after his straight paragraph five. That would cost him about five million dollars mm-hmm. in pay, which is a heck yeah. of a which is a heck of a fine, a five million dollar pay. Yep. Uh, but I think considering he's lucky. Because I asked Dr. O'Brien, who was on that day and who was not only a quarterback but also was on the Giants sideline for 15 years, uh, what would have happened if he hit him square with the helmet? He said he could have killed him. So I mean, uh, well, and, and you, you know, so like I mean, you, yeah, if, I if think... he had killed him, I mean, right now we'd be dealing with a different issue. If he was lying yeah. unconscious in a right. hospital somewhere, you know. Well, I mean, you got to consider too who the player was. You know, which I, I, I don't think should be completely dismissed. I mean, this is the guy who. You know, Earl Thomas knocked out a month earlier, you know, and so the fact that Mason Rudolph had that situation a month earlier puts him at risk, at additional risk, because we yep. know how concussions work now. Yep. Um, you know, and so just the fact that that, you know, could have been sort of a red light for most people when they were in their right mind. And, you know, Miles Garrett also blew through that stop sign, you know, is a factor here, too. I, it's just. Um, you know, I, my, my, my feeling on this is just, you know, you get the six games this year plus the playoffs. And then I think whatever it is next year, my guess would be it would be, you know, a pretty big percentage of next season with the chance to, with the chance to appeal it down. And I don't know what sort of programs, anger management or whatever they put him through. He does have the history. Now, remember, Mike, he got in trouble both of the first two weeks of the season. Um, yeah, he yeah, was dirty. Was, he was really dirty the first two weeks of the season. Right. He really I mean, was. There was, a, there was a hit on Delaney Walker. Yep. Yep. The first two weeks of the season, he got in trouble. So this is not an isolated incident. So, you know, my guess is that, um, you know, you sit him down for the rest of this year, and then you got to put him through whatever program you put him through. You give him a number of games for next year, and if he completes all that stuff, then you give him the chance to maybe appeal next year's penalty down, or you give the commissioner some – um, you know, some leeway to, to take some games off next year. That would be the, I, I think, would probably be the way that they would do it in a case like this, uh, especially based on the fact that, you know, I mean, as 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 much evidence as there is now that, that, that he has played on the edge, um, this is a pretty decent guy off the field. That's what everybody says, that, but you know, know what? It's not going to help him, I don't think, in this instance, because this was such an egregious act. It was, it, it, yeah. it, it, it's such I a mean, scary I, act. It really is. I think you, but, but, but I think in a case like this where, where the, guy, the guy does have like a really clean record off the field and is, is a good guy by all accounts, you at least want to give him a chance to rehabilitate. You know what I mean? Like, just give him a chance to, okay, you're addressing this head on, and we're going to make sure this never happens again. And you kind of maybe create an incentive for him to do that, and uh, and so you know, and, and you remember, I think this was 2009, right, when Roethlisberger got suspended. They they, they did, I think it was six games with a chance to knock it down to four. We've seen the league do that before, so it wouldn't surprise me if there's something like that involved here, where they they would say it's a certain amount of games in 2020, but if you complete X, Y, and Z, then the commissioner's got the discretion to knock the penalty down to to a lesser amount of games. All right, we're talking with Albert Breer. All right, uh, any chance in your mind that Gronkowski returns to the Pats by the 30th of November? I don't think so. I mean, I, I know he's making the announcement tomorrow. Um, you know, I don't think that that's what it is <laughs> coming tomorrow. 
I know the um, Pats and, have got. I know the Pats have tried to get him to go back. I know that. Yeah, and I don't think like, and I just think. I mean, look, I can give you my experience with Gronk. I was with him at the Super Bowl at the end of the game, um, you know, and, and talking to him in the locker room after the locker room was cleared out. And, uh, you know, my discussion with him was about what, like, a relief it was for him to make it out of the year um, and what a relief it was for him to make it out of the year without needing a fourth back surgery, which is a factor in his decision to retire. And, you know, back surgeries, the number of back surgeries and accumulation of of those sorts of injuries can really affect you later in life. And I know that he felt relieved to make it out, you know, with, uh, without having to have a fourth like major back surgery. And he knows how close he came to that the last time. And I do think there are a couple of other areas such as the concussion area um, where he had similar concerns. And there was really a feeling of relief that he made it out and he still had his health intact. As far as he knew anyway, he had his health intact um, it was a, it was a, a long, uh, a, 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 it was probably three, four weeks before he felt completely right after the Super Bowl too. And so I just think that it was, there was so much that he went through to get to the finish line last year. It was so satisfying to get to the finish line, um, that I don't know that he wants to jump right back into that. And, um, you know, I also don't think he's the type of guy based on what we all know about him who is sitting in his room wishing that, you know, he was out there at a practice on a Thursday afternoon. You know, that's just not who he is. My guess is, um, again, based on what we all know about him, he's probably enjoying his retirement quite a bit. And so my guess would be that he's not coming back. And I can't tell you this for a fact too, Mike. Um, I've been told that he's been told to keep the light on because it's good for business. Um, if he keeps that light on and gotcha. sort of the idea – Right, out there. gets him right? attention, like the, gets him attention, can, yes. Right, because, I mean, you think about it, it's like, well, okay, you know, now it's for an ex-athlete, it's important to stay relevant. The best way right. to stay relevant is to right. stay in the news cycle. Yep. The best way for him to stay in the news cycle is to sort of keep the idea open that he's coming back. And so right. I know he's been told, too, that it's, you know, doing these sorts of things where you're sort of messing with people a little bit can actually be really good for business. One last thing with Don Without Beer was was Trubisky actually hurt last night or did they bench him? I mean, I, I just uh, <laughs> I, I, I go with what I, I, I'll go with what Matt Nagy said in the press conference that he had a hip pointer. Um, was it bad enough to pull him from the game? You'd be the judge. It did feel to me like um, you know from maybe a confidence, maybe to preserve the kid's confidence, they had to pull him out of the game and. Um, I mean, look, he's not in a great place right now from a confidence standpoint. There's the whole thing with the TVs and everything else. And I know they felt like they've had to manage that a little bit as he struggled this year. Um, they had a great defense last year. They were able to manage him a certain way um, in his second year in the league because uh, they could win games in different ways. They could win games with that defense. They could win games with their running game. Um, and the defense is still really good but maybe not transcendent the way it was last year. There's a little bit more on him. I think he's felt that. Um, and, you know, he's certainly lost some confidence. And so um, I have no reason to believe that he's not hurt. Um, that said, could it have been a convenient thing where Matt Nagy could point to that and say that's the reason why I pulled him out when he was really trying to preserve the kid's confidence? Um, I would not rule that out whatsoever, especially because I think Nagy is very tuned in to how his players are in that area and he would try to protect them in those sorts of spots. All right. Thanks very much. We'll talk to you again. Thanks very much, Albert. Thanks, Thanks. Mike. Appreciate it. All right, Albert Breer, back after this. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 